Welcome to the Caregiver Conversations podcast. My name is Antonia Harbin-Lamb, and I am the Program Manager for Great Lakes Legal Mediation Division. The purpose of this podcast is to provide information and resources for caregivers so that they can become more successful and effective caregivers. This podcast is being sponsored by the PREVENT Initiative. The PREVENT Initiative funds programs focused on elder abuse and neglect prevention. Today we will be discussing how to help caregivers identify health issues of their older adult loved ones and good practices they need during this pandemic time. Today we have a special guest with us. Her name is Tanya M. Wall, and she has a lot of letters after her name, so I'm not going to even go into those. But what I will say and what I will focus on is that she is a board-certified nurse practitioner with a specialty in adult gerontology primary care. Tanya brings over 20 years of nursing experience in the areas of cardiac and intensive care. She currently works for Henry Ford Health Systems in the Division of Nephrology and Hypertension. She's also the proud owner of Don't Forget About Me Licensed Home. This home is for aged 55 years and older and and those who require assistance with activities of daily living. Tanya has also served as the past president of the Mary Mahoney Professional Nurses Association in Detroit. And we thank you, Tanya, for being with us today. Thank you, Antonia, for inviting me. So as you know, and everybody knows, we've been going through this pandemic. And there are so many issues centered around protecting our older adult population. The issues range from health to isolation. Why don't we start with health? What type of health issues do caregivers need to think about in terms of our older adult loved ones at this time? Well, at this time, our caregivers first should monitor our elderly chronic conditions, knowing the signs and symptoms and changes mentally, physically, such as decrease in appetite, which could lead to malnutrition, as you mentioned, isolation slash depression due to the lack of the ability to congregate, frailty, showing signs of weakness, fatigue, poor balance. These are all declines in health and function, part of the frailty syndrome. So being that first line of defense by being very observant in any abnormalities or any changes so the caregiver can act swiftly to make sure there is nothing acutely happening versus their chronic condition. And do you have any suggestions on how caregivers can manage these health issues? Yes, unfortunately, with our restrictions, if you can't be in person and the elderly has the capability to, you know, use technical devices such as, you know, the devices we have, these phones and laptops and everything, Another suggestion would be to possibly hire someone. I know that can be costly because healthcare representatives can go into a home being prepared with proper PPE and assess the situation, meaning are they being taken care of or you know, are they eating 
for maybe monitoring vitals kind of in and out because the healthcare workers trained for that infection control as well as having the proper PPE. So that's always another option. Okay, those are great. Tanya, thank you for those suggestions. Also, there's a lot of reference, obviously, to COVID-19 and our older adult loved ones, how, you know, they're more susceptible to the disease at this point. Can you maybe comment on communal living, assisted living, or even where seniors are living in apartments together and how they can remain safe during COVID-19? Well, as you mentioned, those elderly people who live in, I would say, larger assisted living type facilities or nursing home facilities, and and we've seen how COVID-19 has and can integrate that area. And I feel that based on news that you're trying to make changes of keeping them separated, but you remember that you have healthcare workers that, you know, may, you know, I don't want to say infect, but that has been a risk, you know, trying to keep them separated. But I think highlighting the essential things that they're recommending for us to do as in practicing social distancing, wearing our face masks, properly sanitizing common areas and um, excessive areas of kitchen, common areas, and washing our hands is number one. Just practicing that will assist us in decreasing the chances of infection. The other thing is, I mean, I know it's difficult for our elder population if, you know, if they're alone, but if you kind of limit your surrounding or consider it like your bubble and you know that these people are practicing as you are and being able to recognize any potential signs and symptoms to catch it early, and, and properly being tested, those are the things that would help decrease the um, transmission. Okay, that sounds definitely like the best practices that we should follow. So thank you for those. I'm sure that as an owner of an AFC home too, these are the practices that you're putting into place for your residents. So that's really great information. I just have one last question for you today. I'm interested, as we talk about caregivers and different conversations that they may have, what type of conversations do caregivers need to have with assisted living or those in administration like yourself when the caregiver is looking for a place for the loved one to live after they're not able to stay at home anymore or, you know, their situation has changed or declined? What types of conversations might they bring up with that administration? Yes, I think that it's really important for the individual who is shopping for a place like an adult foster care home or group home to see what process or policies that they have in place for things like COVID-19. As far as, and I'll speak to my home, Again, following CDC recommendations and the state emergency requirement of proper screening of the employees who come in to the workplace and the proper face masking. The thing about my facility and some smaller facilities, it's a infection control. 
control is, I would say, a little better monitored because you don't have so many people in and out and you can still restrict visitation. But in my case, I allow families to visit with their loved ones using either the backyard so it can be an open, more ventilated area and they have the proper spacing or I have like a back porch. So they still have that feel of being near, you know, and being able to put their eyes on their loved ones, you know. And that's one of the benefits that I like of a smaller facility. You have a more infection control, you know, over the area and the wiping down, the disinfecting and, and making sure hands are washed and and that's an option that's out there versus the larger facility. Well, Tanya, thank you for joining us today. I have learned a lot about taking care of our older adult loved ones. Where can someone reach out for more information from you if they have questions? Do you have a Facebook or phone number available that you'd like to give? Well, of course, if they have any inquiries about my home, it's called Don't Forget About Me. The number is 313-926-6211. You can also check our website, which is DFAM Home. That's the letter D, the letter S, the letter A, the letter M, home.com. If you have any questions about the home or if you have any additional questions, please feel free to contact me. Well, thank you again, Tanya. This is Antonia Harbin-Lamb. Thank you for listening. For more information about our mediation program and more podcasts, please call 313-937-8282 or find us on Facebook at Great Lakes Legal Mediation Division. It's where families coming apart come together.